Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I discuss AEW and NXT. We talk about all the top stories for both shows. Obviously, number one contender, John Moxley and Chris Jericho, your AEW world champion. We get it to Champa and Adam Cole now having a signed, sealed, delivered contract for a takeover in Portland. Also, we get into Britt Baker and her very, very over-the-top heel promo on AEW Dynamite. And speaking of AEW and NXT, we really have an intelligent conversation with the nation about the differences between AEW and NXT. NXT being that pure pro wrestling show within the ropes and AEW being more of that personality, character, face, heel-driven show. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. John Moxley in Cleveland, in his home, and the crowd was hot yesterday, bully, for John Moxley. That show, uh, AEW, started off last night looking and sounding phenomenal. Uh, the shot of Mox coming down the crowd like he always does. The camera shots of the crowd made that place look enormous. I mean, that place was packed. They were loud. They were rabid. They were behind the hometown guy the whole time. It, was a, it really, really was an incredible start to the show. They were into his promo. Um, everything was going great. Then when Jericho's music hits, I see Jericho come out, and the place is booing Jericho like crazy, which I loved because Jericho's getting some really strong heat, but at any given moment, he could turn on a dime and be the most loved guy in the building, and that's what makes him so valuable. I guess that's why there's so many zeros um, in his contract and on his paycheck. Um, and for a quick second, I switched over to NXT because I wanted to see what was going on there. They got Balor versus Trent Seven in a really, really strong match, right? Yep. But the sound of the crowd, the amount of people in the crowd on USA as compared to the amount of people in the sound of the crowd on TNT, it, it light years difference. And I'm going to go back to the energy that comes off the TV, the sound that comes off the TV, the vibe that comes off the TV, the perception that comes off the TV. I'm like, why should I stay on either one of these channels? It's the energy on AEW at that particular moment that's infectious. The great, the great wrestling match was going on on NXT, on USA. I mean, Finn Balor's in the ring. You can't get much better than that. 
him and Trent Seven are, are tearing it up for at least 17, 18 minutes in a great wrestling match. What did you feel, Dave? Because to me, the energy was on was in AEW. Not that the NXT crowd was not energetic and not that they weren't into it, but they were. But 500 can't trump the sound of 5,000. And, Bully, I know this is definitely a sticking point with you because when we talk on Thursday mornings about the shows the night before, listen, Bully, you know crowd reactions and how to work a crowd better than anybody. It's why you're a Hall of Famer. And I think perception is reality to the viewer as well. It's it's just the way it is. Why why was the the WWF able to kill off the territories? Obviously because of the money and getting the talent, but also perception. It was hard to watch studio wrestling with 50 people in a studio watching matches when you turned to the WWF and they had 15,000 people and had all that big production. Now we go back with the NWA. It's nostalgia and it's something that I love. But when you're going head-to-head and both products are on at the same time, Bully, I don't think you would have the same problem with it if NXT was on a Thursday night as opposed to a Wednesday night. Because you would be just watching NXT and you would be just watching that crowd and you wouldn't be thinking about AEW. But because both shows are on at the same time. This is where it's very interesting to me where where you could go and say maybe the WWE made a mistake putting NXT up against AEW because perception is reality. And when you're watching NXT in front of 500 fans and then you're watching AEW in front of 10,000 fans, it makes AEW look bigger and better compared to NXT. I'm going to be completely honest with you with the first thought that came to mind when I switched back over to NXT – And I want you to tell me if you think my thought is accurate or completely off base. Mm -hmm. I went from the AEW crowd and energy. Then I went back to NXT. And I immediately said to myself, wow, I feel like I'm watching NWA power. I can't can't disagree with you. Now, obviously, well. But that's not, I'm not saying that. Like, in a bad way, I'm saying I feel like I'm watching a studio wrestling show. And and really quick, by the way, Alex just corrected me. Um, uh, Moxley's from Cincinnati, Ohio, not Cleveland, Ohio. So all the Ohio fans are just going to absolutely destroy me all day. But here's the thing. When it comes to the NWA, NWA, what's part of uh, their appeal? The nostalgia. Studio wrestling. And it's the studio, bringing it back to a studio. They play up that they're in a studio. You know, we're... Like you say with your school, like it's it's old school rule, like the old school rules and new school tools. That that's what the NWA is. But what's NXT? Not any of that. NXT is supposed to be trendy. It's supposed to be new. It's supposed to be that rebel company. It's supposed to be catching lightning in a bottle. So you're right. When you first put that on, from the crowd, it kind of harkens back to like you're watching studio wrestling or you're watching NWA Power. And that's not a slight on NWA Power because the crowd at NWA Power is extremely loud. They're into it. I mean, they're a boisterous crowd, but that crowd can only get so loud. When it comes to AEW, it's about the production. It's everything else. It's the pyro. It's the lighting. It's it's that college crowd, that young crowd, that, you know, that 18 to 35-year-old 
that is the majority of that crowd, which is completely different than what we're seeing with NXT. And I'm just telling you how I truly felt last night. This has nothing to do with the performance on either one of the stations because Moxley and Jericho were gold on the mic and Trent Seven and Finn Balor were gold in the ring. It's all about the perception and the vibe. So if on... On TNT, I'm getting this this monster babyface reaction for the hometown hero. And then here comes the heel that everybody wants to see to get their ass kicked. I'm getting all the cheers and all the boos of, and all the energy from 5,000 people. I click back over, and there's a really great wrestling match going on with 500 people into it and 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 cheering and at that particular moment not everybody was cheering nxt or cheering for finn or cheering for trent they were just into the match so i i feel like i've just gone from a rock and roll concert to a church service which one do you want to go to you're going to be attracted to the one that's louder and the one that's that's just going to grab you like AEW does and again like i love both shows and, and by the way i did after i switched back to uh to to Finn and Trent watching it, appreciating the match, liking the match. The crowd got more and more into the match. But listen, as much as that NXT crowd is into anything and everything, is still only five, six, seven hundred people there, and the noise that comes from them can't trump the infectious vibe from that AEW crowd. And I'm sure that a lot of people don't like. To hear that, but it's the truth. It's my opinion. You don't have to agree with my opinion. You could tell me to go to hell for my opinion, but it is the truth. Well, what makes the takeover so appealing? Obviously, the NXT takeovers, amazing wrestling. A lot of people say that it dominates what actually happens on the main roster WWE pay-per-views. But the big thing about the NXT is that you have packed arenas, most of the time sold out, and that crowd is loud and into everything. It doesn't come across the same way with their weekly TV product. It just doesn't. If apples to apples comparison, if Finn Balor and Trent Seven were having that match in front of the same amount of people as the uh, AEW crowd, it would be very hard to then say one was more appealing or infectious than the other. It it really is because I think think in front of 5,000 people, Finn Balor and Trent Seven are probably giving you uh, just as much crowd energy. Now you gotta kind of you gotta kind of give the edge to Moxley and Jericho. Moxley's in Ohio, his home state, and Jericho's a hated piece of shit. Yeah. So th- th- they have more emotional investment than Finn and Trent will have at that given moment. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Finn Balor is a hometown hero to the NXT crowd. They, they, what reason do they really have to turn on Finn Balor? Finn Balor is just doing Finn Balor things. To me and you, they could come across as heelish but to that nxt crowd that's their guy and we're gonna love him for who he is i'm not shocked and here's one of the things 
when it comes to fans and their reactions, you remember the old school uh, term, Dave, uh, you know, you can't fight City Hall? Yep. Don't fight City Hall. Those fans are City Hall. If they want to cheer for Finn, so be it. Because, listen, Finn might go out there and do a dastardly deed, and they still may love it. Hey, remember I told you the story about Vince McMahon thinking that uh, us putting a woman through a table would get a heel reaction? And I told you, and I, I told Vince that it ain't going to happen. People are going to love us for it. So it, 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 Finn can go out there and just be Finn. Just do what he wants to do. They can try to give him heel tendencies, have him do heel things, have him say heel things or what we think are heel things. People love him. He's Finn. He started. He came over from Japan. He went to NXT, tore the house down there, went on to become the first universal champion, got banged up, worked his way back up. He's the, he, he's, uh, he's the, uh, the demon. Like, there's so many things about him I like. There's so much about his history that I like. I have too much invested in him. I got too much in the bank with Finn Balor when it comes to a lot of good memories and a lot of good stuff. But now, all of a sudden, you want me to turn on a dime and hate him? Why? Especially if I'm an NXT fan, and I'm smarter than that. Yeah, and I and I think I like that word smarter. And like sometimes that's a derogatory term when it comes to pro wrestling, but not in this case at all. Because I do think those fans are are smart, and that's part of the problem too. When you talk about the perception, obviously you were talking about the crowd and how big the crowd is for AEW over NXT. I and I agree with, and you've said this week after week. I think wrestling wise, inside the ropes. NXT has a bit of a better product than AEW does when you look at the pure pro wrestling. I I really do believe that. But then perception does come in. So you look at the crowd and you got that big, you know, five, ten thousand voicers crowd for AEW, then you have the five hundred fans at full sale. But I also look at the storylines and the matches and the crowd reaction and what pro makes pro wrestling great is the emotional investment. Chris Jericho is huge. And like you said, Chris Jericho is a talent that he can get that crowd to change at the drop of a dime to love him and then hate him. When Chris Jericho goes out there, people, it's, it's amazing to me. I'm looking at the crowd at AEW last night and at ringside, there are people wearing Chris Jericho t-shirts, a little bit of the bubbly t-shirts, and they're booing Chris Jericho. They're booing him. They're buying in. A lot of heels on NXT are getting cheered. I really don't know, watching that show, just judging and listening to the crowd, where the emotional investment lies, because they're cheering for both. Perfect scenario is the end, is not the end, but the contract signing with Champa and Cole. Champa's getting cheered, and Adam Cole is getting cheered. So who are you supposed to hate, and who are you supposed to love? At the end of the day, what does an NXT crowd appreciate more than anything else when it comes to the wrestlers in NXT? They appreciate the wrestling. and uh, Yeah. yeah. They They appreciate the wrestling ability, right? Yep. How's Champa's wrestling ability? Fantastic. How's Cole's wrestling ability? Amazing. How am I supposed to hate either one of them? Obviously, we don't hate Champa, but like Cole. Why should I hate Adam Cole? He looks the part. He's got a cool entrance. He's with a cool group. Yeah, they do dicky things. They do heelish things. But as far as the wrestler is concerned, he goes out there and he gives it his all. That's where they're sm- the, the crowd in NXT is smart. 
they know that sometimes they're being slightly force-fed something. And they're, they're smart enough to know that, you know what? I don't want to buy into this. Case in point, Finn Balor. If Finn Balor were to go out there and say, everybody here in the NXT arena sucks. They love Finn so much they're going to chant, that's right, Finn, we do suck. Thank you, Finn. Thank you for acknowledging us and saying that we suck. Because they're, they're so in on it that they're going to realize that, you know, like the establishment might be trying to force him in a direction. And they're not going to have any of it. We Listen. I've seen crowds over the years, I mean, I mean, completely go the opposite direction of what um, a company has wanted. Listen, uh, Royal Rumble 2015, Roman Reigns, right? Yep. I mean, that was one of the biggest backlashes. Uh, Hogan and Rock fa- at WrestleMania. There you go. I remember as a fan watching Halloween Havoc 89 from Philadelphia. It was the, the Freebirds, Michael Hayes and gorgeous Jimmy Garvin against the Dynamic Dudes, uh, uh, Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. And the Dudes are supposed to be these monster baby faces and the Freebirds are supposed to be these heels. Go back and watch that. Watch the entrances and watch the fans in Philly just completely 180 that whole match. The dudes got booed out of the building and the Freebirds were rock stars in Philly. And here, though, it's it's a little bit different because I feel like with the NXT crowd, they're just enjoying everything. It's almost like NXT is our show. This is our company. This is for us. So we love everything because everybody that's in that ring is a part of NXT and is part of the, the rebel brand with the WWE that we love. So it's AEW a, fans are the same way. And, you know, because of that revolution and we're anti-WWE, I just, I just feel like the AEW fans buy more into the stories that are going on and the characters where NXT is like, this is ours. We own this. This this is Triple H's baby, not Vince McMahon's baby. So this is our show. So And we just appreciate everything that's going on because it's not what's going on on Mondays and it's not what's going on on Fridays. If you if you look at the two most um, polar opposite emotions, it, it, they would be love and hate, correct? Yes. Love is one complete side of the spectrum, hates it the other. From both companies, what one wrestler from both companies commands love more than anybody else? This is really easy, an easy one to me. Really? For, for NXT... No, no, don't don't give me one from each company. Just tell me who who do people love more than anybody else in both companies? Moxley, Cody. Cody has pure love from the fans. Nobody on NXT in my eyes has the love that Cody has. They love Cody because Cody is AEW's Dusty. They are so emotionally invested in Cody. Who do people hate more than anybody else? MJF. So which company has the the guys that are the most loved and the most hated? So yeah, NXT might have the better wrestlers and might have better wrestling matches. But AEW characters are commanding more emotion. 
And if you look at any successful wrestler over history, it are the ones that have controlled your and commanded your emotions that have always gotten over more. And it's not about the moves. Case in point, Hulk Hogan. Hulk was over to the moon. Big boot, leg drop, one, two, three. Guy didn't do any moves. Dusty Rhodes. Bionic elbow. Guy didn't do any moves. These guys had such emotional investment. Austin. Cena. You know, it's it. This is interesting, and I want to bring Alex Metzen, our our producer, in on this conversation because I want to get his take on this too. Because it's interesting to me. Because I wasn't even looking at it until you brought it up, bully. You're right. When you look at AEW, it's defined like Cody is. He gets the chance of Cody every time he goes out there. He's the face of the franchise. They know the story of Cody, what he was able to do to bring this whole AEW dream to light. And then you have MJF who, whether they love to hate him or they just hate him, he gets booed. He's universally hated by everyone. And also, too, Bully, and this is important because it's rarely done nowadays, MJF is that character 24-7. If you run into MJF on the street, he won't look at you. If you see him on the Jericho cruise, he won't take a picture with you. I mean, he plays that character 24-7. So that's easily defined. Cody's the most loved. MJF's the most hated. So when you look at NXT, and Alex, I'll ask you, because you know you watch it just like us, who's the most hated person in NXT and who's the most loved in NXT? They love everybody and they don't hate anyone. I mean, I, and I'm not even trying to be like a jerk or, or trying to put down the NXT product when I say that because I, I enjoy the NXT product. But as you guys were sitting here talking about it, I was thinking to myself, okay, who are the heels on NXT? All right. Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Loved. Loved. Finn Balor. Loved. Loved. Shayna Baszler. Everyone respects her, so, D- you know. Dave, they love her. Dave, they love Shayna Baszler. They do. Think about that, even again in that match against Rhea Ripley. They were chanting for Shayna. It was dual chants for Rhea and for Shayna. So can you name me, besides those three, anybody else that you're supposed to perceive as a heel on NXT that, that actually, actually gets booed? booed? Am I missing something, Bully? No. It's, it's, this is why emotion trumps moves. Character trumps moves. Storytelling trumps moves. I appreciate NXT for what it is. It's a really great pro wrestling company with a lot of superior athletes, with a lot of, with a lot of talent there that's doing a phenomenal job. I really can't say enough good things about NXT. It's my favorite WWE product. I know from talking to you two a lot of the times on Thursdays that you prefer... NXT over AEW, just overall, like, bell-to-bell as a pro wrestling product. Dave, watch this. You watched the bump yesterday, right? Yes. When I was talking about Bianca Belair, like, they asked me, who's your standout, you know, mm-hmm. of, of, of the, you know, the women's match or whatever, uh, and it wasn't even, I, I didn't even have to think twice. It's Bianca Belair. Did Bianca Belair win? No. What moves did I talk about that Bianca Belair did in the Rumble? No, nothing. You actually probably talked about her entrance more than anything else. Her look, her entrance, her swagger, all that. 
I'm not talking about moves. I don't even know what moves Bianca Belair does. I don't have to. And by the way, if we're really talking about it in in NXT terms, uh, you could probably say Bianca Belair is supposed to be perceived as a heel she also. Is. She is a heel on NXT. But look at how she's talked about. And God, look at how the fans react to her. This is, this, see, this is fascinating. Dave, me. I want to read a tweet really quick before you go to the break. C.E. Smith tweets in. He says, NXT has no real heels. The fans say it all. This makes all their baby faces seem not as huge or loved as they should be. Interesting. If you don't have the other side, if without hate, there can be no love. Without Vader, Luke Skywalker is just a whiny bitch from Tatooine. You need the opposite ends of the spectrum. You can only become more loved if you have somebody to hate against. And vice versa. And maybe the NXT fan and the NXT crowd doesn't care about that. Maybe this is that definition of just the gray area where they just want to see a good pro wrestling match and just want to go there to enjoy the wrestling. And why does the NXT fan not care about the baby face and the heel? Where was the NXT crowd born out of? Ring of Honor. Does Ring of Honor care about baby faces and heels? Or does Ring of Honor, for their 17 years, care about just a great wrestling match? Just a great wrestling match. There you go. And here's the thing that's crazy about the whole thing, and we know this because we talked about it. Cody's the one who made the statement, there are no more baby faces and heels anymore. It's all gray, and his show is the one where it's all about character development and baby face and heels. Um, the owner of that company, Tony Khan, did not grow up as a, you know, it was not a 12 year old in the ECW arena watching characters and wrestlers who were shades of gray. He watched good guys versus bad guys. He watched the black hats versus the white hats. So the guy that's uh, in, in charge of creative in AEW, I don't believe thinks in shades of gray. I don't want to speak for him. But, I mean, as far as, you know, this whole thing about, oh, baby faces and heels don't exist anymore, blah, blah, blah. You can try and say all that stuff just because you want to be different or you want to, you know, catch a couple of headlines or whatever. There are certain foundational tools that still apply to pro wrestling today. And it will always be the good guys versus the bad guys. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM. No car required. If you look at the matches on NXT, I think I would have to give NXT the edge as far as quality from last night. Uh, A lot better wrestling matches. Again, from bell to bell, you probably get the better wrestling on NXT. And that's always going to be the discussion. It's naturally going to be a discussion because they go up head to head. It's one of, you know, you have to kind of choose or go back and forth. It's it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, but if I was to choose one over the other, I would have to give, like we always say, 
I would give the wrestling edge to NXT, and I would get the character and emotional investment edge to AEW. I, I agree, and I want to talk to you about something that we were just talking about in the break. Tell the nation what you were just saying about Adam Cole. Adam Cole does something that, Bully, you and I grew up on that a heel would never do, and that's play to the crowd. What, is that, what does Adam Cole do when he's on that ring apron? Takes the thumb, boom! The whole crowd cheers, boom! Like, back in the day, just for, you know, maybe newer fans or who, fans that haven't watched wrestling, you know, for 35 years like I have, if an old-school heel did that and the whole crowd along with them said, boom, he would not do it the next night when he came to the ring. Because when... Go, go, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. Go, go, sorry, no, I said like, you're done, go. Am I right? Like, if Dick Murdoch made a motion to himself with the thumb and... 10,000 fans said, boom, Dick Murdoch would not do that the next night because he's a heel. He's the bad guy. He gets paid to be bad, and he gets paid to get his opponent to be cheered. The other thing Adam Cole does, and I'm not knocking knocking Adam Cole because I I called Adam Cole the wrestler of the year. So, you know, I'm I'm certainly not hating on Adam Cole. He does something else. He does the whole, baby, the whole crowd. Yeah, they love it. Baby. They, a, a, a heel should not be playing to the crowd. Getting 10,000 fans to chant your your tagline? WWE doesn't make heels. WWE makes superstars. And if that superstar does something that you deem heelish or babyfacious and it works and it gets over, they don't care. When Triple H was a babyface, did he spit water out of his mouth? Yes. Was it cool? Yes. Did he do it when he was a heel? Yes. He didn't change his act because he was a superstar. And he did what he did from day one. I, however, agree when it comes to being a heel. And I've said it many, many times. A heel should never do anything or say anything that elicits the emotion of happiness or joy. A heel should never bring a smile to your face, ever. As a heel, if I see somebody in the crowd wearing my t-shirt, I'm doing a bad job. As a heel, if I see somebody giving me the thumbs up, I'm doing a bad job. As a heel, if I see somebody smiling, I'm doing a bad job. As a heel, if somebody wants to high-five me, I'm doing a bad job. That's how far I go in my own mind. As far as knowing what my job is on any given night to be the absolute most despised, hated piece of shit in the building. And I think that's the biggest thing is what you just said. Excuse my language. There are no piece of shits on the NXT roster. There isn't. There isn't anybody that you're like, I I can't wait. I can't wait for fill in the blank to beat the living shit out of him or her. NXT and the WWE don't build those kinds of heels. They build superstars. And you can react any way you want to to our superstars. We're not going to pigeonhole anybody into heel or babyface. Because we're our machine, our NXT machine, our WWE machine is designed to put out one product and one product only. 
a superstar. And if you're a superstar, you can get any reaction that we need you to get. So we don't look in the direction of, oh, we only want you to get the the, the uh, reaction that a heel gets, or we only want you to get the reaction that a babyface gets. We want you to get the reaction that a superstar gets. And listen, and, and you know, that's the foundation to me of pro wrestling. That's what I grew up on. And I'm not knocking NXT by any stretch of the imagination. It's very, very popular. When they do do arenas, they sell the son of a bitch out. So who am I to say that their formula is wrong? But, it, you know, you have to understand it kind of goes against everything that I've known as a pro wrestling fan. But at the same time, do I love NXT? I do. Do I enjoy their matches? Damn right I do. But I but but if I'm gonna watch Champa against Adam Cole at a, a takeover in Portland, am I gonna be rooting hard for Champa because I want him to beat the shit out of Adam Cole? No, because I love Adam Cole. Because when Adam Cole comes out there, I'm gonna go boom and I'm gonna go baby. So what do you want to see out of Adam Cole versus Champa? I want to see you're gonna kill me. I want to see a five star match. I'm not gonna kill you. Because that's exactly what the NXT fan base wants to see. You have just put yourself in the NXT fan base. When I see Cody and MJF, the last thing I want to see is a five-star match. I want to see, see an a ass fighting. Yes. I want to see MJF get his cocky ass beat the shit out of by Cody Rhodes. That's what I want to see. Now, just for me... And, I, and the phones are open. I want to hear from everybody on this. For me, I'd rather see Cody give MJF an ass beating over the five-star match between Adam Cole and Champa. I'm going to appreciate Adam Cole and Champa. I'm going to think it's a great match. And maybe when we talk about it at the end of the year, I'm going to be saying that's one of the matches of the year. But for pure enjoyment, for what would make me buy a ticket to an arena to watch, it would be Cody and MJF. Just like back in 1984, July 15th at the Meadowlands, I didn't want to see a five-star match between Jimmy Superfly Snuka and Rowdy Roddy Piper. I wanted to see Superfly Snooker beat the living shit out of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Not looking for a five-star match. Cody Rhodes right now could really, really benefit from a good, old-fashioned, old-school, long blood feud. Because that's the things you want to see from Cody. Because that's the things that we got from Dusty. And Cody understands Dusty's storytelling really, really well. And Cody has the emotional investment and the love from that AEW crowd like no other. Just like the NWA fans loved his father. A good old-fashioned blood feud with somebody who could bring his level of love to the next level. Only a pure, pure heel can do that. A heel with lots of experience. That's what Cody, that's what I'd like to see Cody involved in. And what is that, what is the MJF kind of Cody vibe 
feud storyline reminds you a little bit of. It kind of reminds you a little bit of Flair and Dusty. Flair was the 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 cocky guy with the silver spoon in his mouth that loved the L.A. Lakers and and just the flash and and the and the and the circumstance and the pomp and circumstance and everything else. And Dusty was the guy that came out with a jean and t-shirts and loved the Boston Celtics and just was like the hardworking guy and everything else. And listen. I one of my, if one of my great favorite feuds of all time was Dusty and Flair. Let me tell you something. Dusty and Flair never put on a five-star match. Steamboat but and th- Flair put on the five-star match and listen, I go back and watch Steamboat and Flair all the time and I love it and it's one of my favorite matches. We talk about it being, you know, that that trifecta, one of the greatest feuds. But it was, no, it was the greatest series of matches. Because when I talk about Flair and Steamboat, I don't say feud. That was a great series of matches. When I talk about Dusty and Flair, I talk about feud, a blood feud. Two guys that were polar opposites that hated each other. If you're going to talk about a blood feud in Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair is not the first name that comes to mind. Ric Flair may have been may, may have been an arch nemesis of Dusty Rhodes, but when it comes to the heel of all heels and blood feuds with Dusty Rhodes, there's only one name that's synonymous, and that's Terry Funk. Funk and Dusty, to me, is a completely different level of emotion than Dusty and Flair. And you talk about, well, and I agree with you because at the end of the day, you know, Flair and Dusty, God, it's, it's, you know what? It's hard for me because you could pray, you could throw out Dusty listen, and Kevin Sullivan. You, no, you no, could, listen. D- you Dusty wanted and Black to see Dusty. Yeah, but those are not as well known. You know them because you're an Uber fan. Listen, when you saw Dusty versus Flair, what did you want to see Dusty do to Flair? I want to see him beat Flair to win the title. Boom. When you saw Dusty and Funk, what did you want to see Dusty do to Funk? Beat the shit out of Funk. And there you go, brother. Cody Rhodes needs his Terry Funk. I, I love this conversation. You ready to go to the Busted Open Nation? Yeah. Is this my brother? Don in Kansas City. Don, what did you want to say about heels? What are you doing in Kansas City, Donnie? Well, uh, I don't think I'm your brother. Okay. But, uh, Sorry. Yeah, you never know. I, I used to work in broadcasting, though, so it was the same, almost the same business. What do you do now? Don? Don. Don, Don. No wonder he's not in broadcasting Don, anymore. you there? I guess he didn't want to tell me what he does now. Let's go out to Alfredo in Virginia. What's going on, Alfredo? Hey, what's going on, guys? First of all, let me tell you, I love this show. Thank you, my friend. I have been a fan of wrestling for 50 years. I got into it at three years old. My dad was an old school guy, loved it. Growing up, you had a clear idea of who the good guy was and who the bad guy was. And you never wanted to be the bad guy, ever. I agree with with Dave when you say that the Cody Rhodes, uh, MJF thing, would be great, or, or or can be great, but there has to be a reason for it to be great. For them to beat the shit out of each other, 
there has to be a reason to get that emotional um, investment in. I think back to when uh, Bruno Sammartino fought Larry Zabisco in the cage at Shea State. Well, you know what? You But you just said it because – if I was going to compare a storyline to San Martino and Larry Zabisco, it would be Cody and MJF. Cody exactly. was MJF's mentor, and MJF turned on him just like Zabisco turned on San Martino. Exactly. I think about that. They're going to a story that's from 50 years ago. Exactly, and that's why you get into it. You, That's why you hate MJF. It's it, there's nothing likable about it because, again, to, to Bully's point, you love Cody. Just like back then, you loved San Martino. And there was no back and forth. There was nobody who didn't like San Martino back in, 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 in his heyday. There's nobody who doesn't like Cody to love, excuse me, today. So this is how you develop a, a, a heel is by going against somebody you love. Right well, now. I mean, Alfredo, but but and, and Alfredo, thanks for the phone call. Yes, we all we all know that. Like you, the, you heel face one on one, we get it. We know the formula. We know the story. It's pretty simple. Again, I think Cody and and, and MJF is very similar to Larry Zabisco and Bruno Sammartino. Listen, I I got to be honest with you. I don't even know if MJF's a good wrestler or not. I don't really. I I honestly could not tell you. Is he? Maybe. I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. I hate his personality and I hate his character. I don't, I, you know, everybody talks about, well, you know, Cena only has the five moves. How many moves does MJF have? I, I don't know. And this is where MJF needs to get to the next level, and I'm going to show you why. And he's on his way there, and he's so young, and he's so good. But he needs to get next level. You know why? You know what you just said? You said, I hate his character. When you're at the next level, you'll be saying, I hate him. And you know what? You know what? He's he's almost there. He is, he, you know what? Other than what we just saw on Monday, I would say that he's more there than anybody else. As a wrestling fan, I hate Bully Ray. I hate him. He's a piece of garbage. I hate him. I don't hate his character. I can honestly say I hate MJF. Because you know why? It goes back to what I said. MJF is that person 24-7. Whether it's an act or not, I don't know. I actually think that's the way he really is. 877-344-4893. 877-FIGHT93. It's not so much about the formula or face and heel. We get it. We understand that. We know old school rules. I'm just wondering, when you look at NXT... Older fan, younger fan, what do you more relate with? Is it more about the story of a face and a heel and that pure hatred? Or in 2020, is that tough to do? And it's more about the wrestling in the ropes and in the ring like a show like NXT. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Britt Baker now is trying to be the biggest heel in the women's division with AEW. And she's well on her way, especially, Bully, what we heard from Britt Baker last night. Let's address the true offense from last week. Jim Ross. 
good old JR. Don't you ever interrupt me when I'm speaking again, understand? I know you know I'm a dentist because that's all you care to talk about when I'm in the ring. Yeah, you sit there all smug and pretentious in judgment of my division, of my generation, and you sit there each week and collect a very large paycheck while we do all the work. Be the legend I grew up on, Jim. Not a sloppy barbecue sauce sales rep who can't even get our roster's name straight. And Tony, I care about you a lot. So I have to tell you that judging just from the appearance and the stench of your gum tissue, I can confidently diagnose you with moderate to severe generalized gingivitis. So Tony, you need to pick up a damn toothbrush. And Cleveland, Cleveland, congratulations. You finally have a baker you can trust in. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Alex, I, I wasn't really that on Twitter as much as I usually am on Wednesday nights. And Alex said to me when I walked in this morning, we started talking about the shows. He goes, what did you think of Britt Baker's promo? Because, like, mixed reactions about Britt Baker's promo. And I was like, why? What? What? Why? I, I mean... You know, you want to call it cheap heat. You want to call it, uh, you know, low-hanging fruit. I don't care. She got the reaction a heel's supposed to. She talks about Jim Ross. She got booed. She talked about Tony Schiavone. She got booed because, you know, JR and Tony Schiavone are respected and loved. And then she went after their shitty quarterback for the Browns and Baker. I mean, I don't care if it's cheap or low-hanging fruit. She got booed and she got hated. That's what it, it goes back to the Baron Corbin conversation we had a few months ago. That's the goal of a heel is to get booed and be hated. I have never been a fan of the term cheap heat. Heat is heat. The idea of heat is to get hated. No matter how you get there, you get there. There's probably only one or taboo, you know, you don't go after race or religion or stuff like that. But I liked what Britt Baker had to say. You know why? If AEW's goal is to get Britt Baker over as a heel as quickly as possible, you go after somebody that everybody loves. Jim Ross is loved by wrestling fans around the world. The AEW fan base loves Jim Ross. Now, let's say some of let's say AEW fans might not love Jim Ross. The fact that Cody and the Bucks brought him in, now they love Jim Ross by default. Mm-hmm. He's one of he's one of us now. He's one of our guys. He's a WWE Hall of Famer. He's everything else, but now he's one of us. You know what? I might have said that I, as an AEW fan, I hated Jim Ross's commentary on New Japan. He didn't even know anybody's name. Oh, but now he's here in AEW. AEW, we love him. So. If everybody loves JR, how about we take Britt Baker, who we're trying to turn on a dime, and Britt, take it all out on JR and Tony Schiavone. Why not? 
what's what's bad about that? What's cheap about that? What's low-hanging fruit about that? It was a promo. She could have singled anybody out. Let's say she would have let's say she would have singled out Bob Rosen, the ring guy. And that's actually the name the head of the ring crew in AEW, Bob Rosen. Let's say she would have singled out Ronnie from Atlas Security who lets private party down to the ring. Would she have gotten the same booze? No. Because nobody knows who the frick Ronnie is or Bob Rosen, nor do they care about Ronnie or Bob Rosen. On a side note, I love Bob Rosen, and I love Ronnie. He's all right. Two good friends of mine. So you go after JR. How many times did Vince McMahon go after JR in storylines? Dude, if WWE was in Oklahoma, JR was getting ragged on or doing a job. Something was happening to JR. I mean, they went as far as to make fun of JR's Bell Palsy in the WWE. So he's an easy target. I'm glad. To me, that was a little cheap. That's going a little because too far. And it too is personal. because it's an, it's an affliction yeah. that would affect JR for the rest of his life. And I'm sure JR, you know, I, I feel bad for JR when people say, hey, man, how come you don't smile in pictures? And JR's like, I am smiling. It's the best I can do with my Bell's palsy. Like, you know, that, that hurts my feelings for JR. But the way Britt Baker went after JR, like, you're getting my generation's names wrong and you're collecting a paycheck off of our hard work and stuff like that. And Tony, you, you have bad breath. What's, what's the big deal about that? Listen to the crowd. They're booing the shit out of her. Mission accomplished. I agree with you. And it's just like the conversation we had about Baron Corbin. Like, you know, the cheap heat and all that. Mission accomplished. He's a heel. He's supposed to get booed. Britt Baker right now? Britt Baker, it wasn't that long ago. Britt Baker was loved. We're not that far removed. And she was getting booed out of the building. So what she did to me was masterful. Alex, you're the one that brought up those tweets. So... You know, tell me about some of those tweets that you read last night. Well, uh, just after the promo, I just kind of fired up Twitter just to see what people thought. And it was kind of, there was nothing in the middle. It was either they absolutely loved it or they absolutely hated it. Like, here's a couple from last night. Pitch perfect promo from real from uh, Britt Baker. Strap a rocket to her back and build that division around her. Britt Baker just ruled it. You know, things like that. But then I'm seeing, you know, from the completely other side. So nobody's going to comment on how bad this this Britt Baker promo is last night. And Bully, you put out the tweet. Uh, you put out the tweet last night uh, about what, sh- what they liked from the shows, what people didn't like from the shows. And and I saw people commenting on your stuff. It's like, hey, with AEW, we really liked what was going on with Moxley and Jericho. And then there are people commenting below it. But Britt Baker, man, that promo just fell completely flat for me. What is she trying to do? Uh, she's trying to get booed. And judging from the audio we just played, she was getting booed. I mean, yeah, I mean, after those comments from JR, you, you heard boos. After what she said about Tony Schiavone, you heard boos. And then, you know what great way with the Baker Mayfield comment? Because that was like a good way to wrap it up and end it. Because then by that, by that time, people were like, get the hell off. I don't want to see you anymore. Here, here, was the, uh, here was the tweet I was referencing. This is from John. He said, uh, the dynamite was Hangman Page, Hold My Beard, Joey Janela stealing a kiss, and the six-man main event. The dud. 
I like Brit going full evil and using her profession as a way to make fun of people and their bad breath, but felt she wasn't confident. Came off nervous. I want her to believe in her arrogance. Sounded What's fine that to me. Name again? His name's John. Hey, John, go pick up a microphone and cut a better promo and get more heat. Listen, Britt Baker has been a babyface from day one since she stepped into AEW, right? Yep. Oh, we love Britt Baker. Britt Baker, she's a good wrestler. She's got cool ring gear. She looks good. Yay, Britt Baker, big breaker. The first poster girl for AEW. Was she getting over? Nah. Nah. Uh, fair to Midland. Yeah. Did she get over last night as a heel? Yes, she did. How many nights did it take her? Pretty much I guess one it night. Worked. I guess it worked. Well, too, I mean, it started last week on the boat, which I thought was really, really good. And then I thought she followed it up amazing. Like, I but, have. I, go ahead, Dave. No, I, I was saying all. But you know what? If she. Forget about last week. Forget, like, let's pretend like that never even happened. If she would have walked into into that ring like she did last night and do what she did and and badmouth a legend, a Hall of Famer like JR that everybody loves, that's all it really took. Everybody booed her. You gotta lay a foundation. She's not gonna be able you can't lay the foundation with her work. Who are you gonna what other woman are you gonna put her in the ring with that Britt Baker is gonna be able to get over as a heel with her work? As instantaneously as she got over last night on the microphone taking shots at JR and Tony. Nobody. There's nobody. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's Sirius xm.com slash busted offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers Sirius XM no car required it was a great segment last night between Champa and Adam Cole but I'm listening back to it and you know and Champa you know he gets you know busted open and he he signs the contract with his own blood and he the and he's got that crowd and the crowd is cheering for him they're loving it. They love Champa. And then Adam Cole comes out, and Adam Cole starts talking. He's like, I'm Adam Cole. And the whole crowd goes bay-bay. And I'm like, damn it. What are you mad about? I just gave you the explanation earlier on in the show as to why they do it. The WWE and NXT does not build heels or faces. They build superstars. So it's not like he's going to get to the back and Hunter or Triple H or anybody's going to go, yeah, stop saying I'm Adam Cole because we don't want the, chant, the crowd to chant baby. That would be like Hunter stopping spitting his water. But you know what, though, Bully? This is the, but I'll bring up NXT. And it's something. If that, I was MJF, I'd burn my own scarf. It might come to that point. But let's talk about NXT. It wasn't yep. that long ago that you and I were talking that the only true feud that we were seeing in pro wrestling was Champa and Gargano. Like, Champa would come out with no music, and his music would be the booze from the crowd. So, oh, dear God. Okay, keep going. Sorry. But do you, but, but they, NXT was able to do that. NXT did have a feud with Gargano and Champa where the crowd loved Gargano and they hated Champa. When that match happens 
at TakeOver in Portland, you know what it's going to be, Bully. Champa's going to come like Champa's going to come out and the fans are going to go nuts. And then Adam Cole's going to come out, the fans are going to go nuts, they're going to go boom and they're going to go bay bay. And then okay. they're just going to enjoy a five-star match. They're going to be into the moves, they're going to be into the spots, they're going to do oohs and ahs, and honestly, they'll cheer for whoever wins that match. How many people do you think will be at NXT Portland? Sold out crowd, probably 15,000 fans. And all 15,000 of them are paying their hard-earned money to do exactly what you just described, although you hate what you just described. I do. But at the same time, I'll be one of those fans in Portland cheering whoever wins that match. I'm not. And here's the and here's the thing. Like people are listening, and they may get the wrong idea. And I understand if they do because I don't quite understand it myself. I'm not saying there's a wrong way or a right way. It's 2020. Sometimes with pro wrestling, uh, you have to evolve. All I'm saying is that. The foundation of how I grew up with pro wrestling, I know from things that I've seen in the last year, can still work and get you emotionally involved and emotionally invested. Like, I know it could work. Like, five-star matches are great. There's, I'm, I'm not saying that it's not, and I'm not saying I don't like NXT because I love NXT. I just know the emotional investment for me is so much better as a wrestling fan than the quote-unquote five-star, six-star classic. And maybe now, over the years, with the Meltzer ratings and everything else and the dirt sheets, that now uh, pro wrestling fans have been programmed to not buy in anymore and more be into the moves and the spots and the matches than the story that's being uh, being told in front of them. Unfortunately, by becoming too smart, fans ruin it for them because now they realize that the story, hey, this story might not be so real, so we're not going to allow ourselves to buy in. But there is one thing that we can re- uh, that we can cheer about. It's the moves that are happening. It's kind of like going to the circus. But even when you go to Cirque du Soleil, there's a story. How many different Cirque du Soleils are there? Oh, there's, a, there's a ton now. Yeah. There's about a dozen, yeah. whatever, right? But each one has a theme and a story. If they didn't have a theme and a story, it would just be a bunch of people on the trapeze. And that's sometimes what we get from pro wrestling these days. A lot of guys doing a lot of the same things with nothing to differentiate themselves or their moves or each other. A super kick from guy A gets the same response as a super kick from guy B because it's the super kick that's getting the response. That's where the problem lies. But if 15,000 people want to pay to ooh and ah and cheer and do whatever they want to do for, for, uh, for Cole and for Ciampa, that's what they're paying for. So this is where I become a little bit more liberal in my thinking mm-hmm. when it comes to pro wrestling. And I'm, I'm happy that I was able to evolve enough to understand it because I came from a company that did a lot of the quote-unquote wrong things. I was told so many times, what you're doing is wrong. You can't do that. It's wrong. Wrong, wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, here I am. How wrong could it have been, you know? So that's, that's their style. That's their, that's their dish in the buffet. 
I don't I don't know how else to put it, man. No, I like, I, I don't think I, there I is a way. It's just it's just it's just I but, have no reason to hate Adam Cole. There's no reason to hate Adam Cole. As a matter of fact, watching that segment last night, there's probably more of a reason to cheer Adam Cole and boo Champa. Champa came back from injury. He was a heel, but he comes back from injury, and everybody loves him. He came back. He fought. They played that out. They showed the videos, the vignettes of what Champa had to go through with his family and everything else. So now he's a face, and everybody loves him. But like Adam Cole doesn't owe Champa anything. I mean, Champa. Hey, you came back from injury. You had to relinquish that title. Now you got to fight your way up that ladder and get that opportunity again. And he's like, "Bullshit! I shouldn't have to fight for everything." So I'm gonna attack people with a lead pipe to to get my point across. So I get that up. So I am gonna. This is what. This is to to me. This is almost like face 101. I am going to go after your friends. It's heel 101. I'm sorry. It's heel 101. I'm going to take this lead pipe, and you know what I'm going to do, Adam Cole? I'm going to go after your friends. I'm going to beat the shit out of your friends with this lead pipe so that you give me the opportunity. And you know what? Adam Cole gave him the opportunity. So going into that takeover, why would I boo Adam Cole? He's the champion. His friends just got attacked with a lead pipe, and he's giving the champion the opportunity. Listen, all of your points are valid based on the storytelling that you appreciate. You, you, because you can't understand why, with everything that just was presented to you, that anybody would cheer for Ciampa since he's doing such heelish things. And I get it. And on top what? of it, I've seen enough of Adam Cole and Champa. I because I I've, I saw Adam Cole in Ring of Honor. Like Adam Cole could be the most hated man in that company. Like I saw Ring of Honor final battle, Kyle O'Reilly against Adam Cole, where Kyle O'Reilly was just getting every opportunity. He was trying and getting up and failing, and he, but he just kept coming back and kept coming back. And Adam Cole was just sitting on his throne and said, "You know what, pal? This is the last time." And Adam Cole was booed by everybody in the Hammerstein Ballroom, and everybody loved Kyle O'Reilly. So I've seen the Adam Cole that was hated and booed. And obviously, we've seen the Champa that was loved and hated and booed. They can do that. It's inter- It's just an interesting dynamic to me. That, that's all. It's not wrong or right. It's just an interesting dynamic. I always bring up the example of like Rush, the band Rush or Kiss or Guar. Um, I'm sure that there are a lot of people in the music industry who would look at a band like Guar and think that they are the uh, absolute scum dogs of the universe. Great that's pretty funny because that, that's what they call themselves. <laughs> and look at them as a joke and like don't even consider it music and say every negative thing you could possibly say about Guar. Meanwhile, Guar still draws about a thousand people to their shows every night. If those people, those thousand people are paying their money to see Guar and listen to their music and see their show... Who's to say what Guar is doing is right or wrong? I understand what you're saying. The foundation of uh, pro wrestling, good guys, bad guys, black hat, white hat, good versus evil. 
with this particular story that you're mentioning with Cole and Ciampa. You're not sure who the good and the evil is. I don't think the NXT crowd cares. They just want to go see a great match from two wrestlers that they appreciate. And you know what? I'll be there watching as well. So it's just, again, it's a, I guess it's the evolution of pro wrestling in 2020. Let's go out to David in Atlanta who wants to talk about Ciampa and Cole. What's going on, David? Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? What's up, buddy? Hey, um, Dave, I'm I'm on your camp on this one because I, I watched I watched last night, and if I did not already know the backstories, I just all of a sudden said if I was tuning into NXT, let's see, let's say over the past couple weeks, I've heard about NXT on the other shows. You know what? I'll give it a shot, and I tuned in. If I watched that segment, the gut in me would say Adam Cole is the face and Chomp is the heel. It immediately would have said that to me. But knowing the backstory, I've seen Adam Cole target his neck, and I've seen Adam Cole, what he did to Keith Lee's ankle two weeks ago. I know that Adam Cole has that in him. But like you said, my friends got attacked. I'm going to face the guy that attacked them. He didn't back up as a coward and say, no, you're not getting a shot. He walked right down to that ring, and he let himself get put through a table. Yep. And so I know, I know exactly on your camp. My, my question is this. Is, is it simply the fact of, again, if they were not there, I wonder if they came and did an arena like AEW, would Adam Cole get booed because the the outside world sees the heel stuff he does? Is it just the fact he's in that room, they chant Bay Bay, or is it the fact that, again, like y'all been saying, they know that Adam Cole's money, they know the crowd does that for him, they're going to keep him gray until they put him on Raw or SmackDown and say, okay, now go be a heel. What is it? Hey, hold on. What's your name again, buddy? David. David, you said maybe if they weren't in full sale, it would be a different reaction. Give me a city. Pick a city. Let's just go to my hometown, Atlanta. You think if Atlanta hosted an NXT takeover that the NXT fans in Atlanta would react differently to Adam Cole? I think a lot of it depends on the story, but as of right now, it probably be No, same story, same right story, now. same scenario. David, right. same story, same scenario. You think if if you think if last night's episode would have happened in Atlanta, NXT fans in Atlanta would have reacted any differently? Probably not. And exactly. And you know what? And thank but you know what? Awesome call, David, and thanks for the phone call. Something interesting that you said though, bully. And you said the NXT fan if Adam Cole was on Monday Night Raw, different fan base, obviously, because you're talking the difference between 700,000 and close to 3 million people watching those shows. What do you think the reaction would be for Adam Cole on Monday Night Raw? Well, the reaction from the NXT fans who were at Monday Night Raw would probably be the same as the fans that uh, go to Full sale, and then half of the audience would probably be turning to the person next to them and going, who's that? Because they're not familiar with yes. him yet. But I don't know anybody that would be booing him because as a fan, when I look at Adam Cole, I don't know what to boo. Yeah, he might have done some dastardly things along the way, and him in the Undisputed Era might have jumped this guy and that guy and blah, 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 but Adam Cole looks the part. He's got cool entrance music. He's got a cool tagline, and I'll be damned if he's not awesome in the freaking ring. So unless he decides to throw a puppy over the, you know, uh, off a cliff, I'm not sure why I hate him. But maybe on Monday Night Raw, that's exactly what would happen. 
he would do that one thing that would get the crowd to hate him because it's hard with NXT. And this is where I, I understand where the caller was coming from because they're in the, they're, they're in full sale each and every week. So that full sale, 500 people that go to that show, love Adam Cole, they go boom and they say bay bay. But if they did travel, you know, then you, then you start developing reactions from the cities that you're in and the crowds that you're in. And not like you said, not everybody's going to know who Adam Cole is. So maybe you do get a bit of, of a different reaction. If it was me and I wanted Adam Cole to get a heel reaction in front of that NXT crowd last night, you know what I would have had him do? What? Had him come out on the ramp, interrupt Champa, and say, you know what, Champa? Before I get to you, there's something I want to say. And I would have had Adam Cole turn towards Beth Phoenix and say, yeah, Beth Phoenix, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I would have had him say, I'm the biggest Randy Orton fan in the world. Now back to you, Champa. Are you still going to love Adam Cole after he says something like that? No. And then also to bully, have Adam Cole where he doesn't have the thumb so the crowd can go boom, boom. No, wrong. Why? Triple H never, st- because Triple H never stops spitting water. Yeah, but the the crowd does. It's it's a little bit different for me because yeah, it's a cool spectacle of ran, of of Triple H spitting out that water. But when you do the th- the whole crowd reacts to boom, and they and when he puts his you know fingers up in the air, the whole crowd reacts and says "bay bay." When you're a superstar and you get something over, you stick with it. The WWE toyed with the Dudleys when it came to tables. They Every once in a while, they'd be like, okay, no more tables, no more tables. The people love the table so much. And I'm like, isn't this what you want? Don't you want the people to be into everything and now you want to take it away? One week they're hot, one week they're cold. I would not take away the baby because the, the baby is what got him over, what made him a star. Now, you want to talk about taking music away. One of the first acts that I can ever remember that took the music away from the people were the Dudleys. Because I wanted to strip away everything that made people happy. And music makes people happy, so strip it away. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.